You are listening to a proper DBE podcast hosted by Georgia Abrams and brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. British Empire is a 501c3 nonprofit American Society of Women of British or Commonwealth birth or ancestry, sharing and promoting our heritage while supporting local charities and our senior living facilities across the US. Welcome to episode 11. Once again, I have a few comments and announcements before we jump into this week's topic. First, regarding our last episode on the RNLI, Rosalind Pearson left a comment on Facebook that said, Brings back memories of walks along the seafront as a child. We never passed a lifeboat station without taking a peek and making a donation. Toby, age 10, said, That was very interesting. <laughs> And Louise in Colorado sent an email saying, I thoroughly enjoyed your brief history of the RNLI. I grew up in Poole, where the RNLI headquarters and colleges. I remember as a child visiting the Lifeboat Museum and seeing all the old photos of men in cork life jackets. Keep up the good work, Georgia, and more of these short histories, please. So maybe we'll do a few more short histories in the future. Uh, North Carolina is having a tree planting ceremony in a few days as part of the Queen's Green Canopy Initiative. And Julia Carpenter, who is behind one of those events, says, The Queen's Green Canopy Initiative has given us a chance not just to plant a tree in and for our community, but it also continues a bond between the UK and our adopted homeland. After all, it was ships made of English oak that first landed on the shores of North Carolina in 1585, so this oak tree serves as a reminder of our historical connection. And this being an Elizabethan garden, well, what could be more appropriate than this tree which we dedicate to Her Majesty the Queen? Hopefully we'll be talking more about that on a future episode, and if any of you are having tree planting ceremonies of your own for the Green Canopy Initiative, we'd love to hear about them. Finally, a reminder that the 47th Annual British Bazaar is happening in Houston in two weeks on October 23rd. More information can be found on the Texas Facebook page, which I will link to in the show notes. Now for today, I am joined by several members of Virginia's Pims and Poppies chapter to hear all about their book club. So, pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable. Um, Heidi Schnebley, I'm the um, chapter regent of Pims and Poppies. I'm Carol Sweeney, just a member. Devin Snodgrass, secretary. Uh, Cynthia Salihi. Jane Stedley, who's got a lot of dog out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Curiously Rand, and I'm the state president. I believe this is the first episode where all the guests are from the same chapter, so I wanted to hear a bit about their history. So like four years ago, I had moved to Alexandria. I thought it'd be great to meet people, and I looked to see if there was a DBE chapter. My mom had been in one when I was growing up and I contacted the national website and they said, oh, we don't have one, but you could be a member at large and it's like $8 a year. So I was like, oh, all right, fine. And so then I arm twisted a friend to found it with me and it just grew and grew and grew. And so now we're a real chapter, but it really was just kind of a, a lark to start it. Heidi told me a little bit about where the name came from. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? 
Well, our first meeting was in my backyard and we just took a vote and I believe we were drinking Pims and Poppies is really British. And we thought Pims and Poppies was alliterative and um, we liked it and it worked. So we generally have Pims at all our meetings. <laughs> so we're kind of different than most chapters in that because we're new, I think that we kind of get branded as the rule breakers and we're not really rule breakers. We just... <laughs> <laughs> It's nice because it's new. We don't have a, like, this is how we always did it because we're new. And so we have a nice mix of people who are like from their twenties to their seventies. We have married, single, widowed, divorced, um, with children, with grown up children, with no children, people who have like just this huge variety of different jobs. Like we have a police officer, we have a lawyer, we have a doctor, we have a retired opera singer, we have people in finance. I mean, it's just like this crazy huge bunch of people that just all really work and are really good friends, which was the most wonderful thing about it. Yeah. You're the only chapter in Virginia and you have about 30, 38 members? 36. 36. All right. Yeah. That's a big chapter. Nobody wants to break off. Everybody likes each other too much, which is a good problem. That's a good thing. Yeah. For anyone unfamiliar, Pim's Number no. 1 is a gin-based liqueur with spice and citrus flavors and was first produced by James Pym in 1823. Now the story goes that James owned an oyster bar in London and also served up a digestive aid, a tonic of gin with herbs and other flavorings. This was known as the Number no. 1 cup. Today, a Pym's cup consists of Pym's liqueur and lemonade with an array of fruit and herb garnishes, for example, berries, orange, cucumber, or mint. Today, Pims is a staple drink, other than champagne, of course, at many English summer events like Wimbledon, the Chelsea Flower Show, or the Henley Royal Regatta. A total of 80,000 pints of Pims are served each year at Wimbledon alone. Who came up with the idea to start a book club, and how was it brought to life? But so it kind of, so we had a, I'd say one or two book club meetings before the pandemic started and then the pandemic hit. And this, I think actually became a great way to keep people connected. And we had our meetings virtually during the pandemic. I think it's been going strong for a little over a year now. And this is our first in-person meeting. Yeah. And was it as, as great as you hoped it would be finally all getting together? Of course. I will give props. Like we had people come in from Fredericksburg, DC. People, yeah, you guys traveled in for the meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think nice. we had a really good conversation for, I mean, very like fluid for our first in-person because it's always a little awkward right when you're on Zoom. What kinds of things do you discuss when you get together after you're, you're done with your book? Life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. in particular, this book that we, we read this month was about Australia. And in particular, it talks about the founding and the Western European influence and, and the conflicts with the Aborigines. So it also brought back a lot for us as Americans to talk about, you know, our own history um, and our own understanding of the way Americans, America treated the Native Americans. So it was really nice to bring it full circle in in that perspective. And 
then it kind of, again, led off onto tangents of what everyone remembers from, you know, history classes growing up and how difficult the lives were. And, you know, it could go all the way down the trails of, oh, I remember when this was founded out in the Midwest. And if it's like that, and here's a TV show that I watched recently. <laughs> so it kind of all devolves from there. The books we've chosen have been around the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just British, not just, you know, American literature, but because... Europe and Britain in particular have touched so much of the world. There's so many parallels and connections to make. The last book we read was The Henna Artist. Mm -hmm. And so that prompted a couple of our members to go get henna tattoos. (laughs) It was in my other book club to uh, read the same book. And I had a henna artist come. And so a couple of our members came and we all got henna. It was a good tie-in. Were you all avid readers before participating in the book club or did any of you join in the hopes that it would encourage you to to read more? So I've definitely always been an avid reader. I've been in, when I moved to DC, I uh, started um, a book club. So I've been in that book club for over 10 years. Um, I think this was just a really good opportunity to sort of read along a theme that I was really interested in exploring um, with this group. Uh, Yeah, I've always been an avid reader, used to have a very long commute, so switched to audiobooks for for a while and got some very big tomes like Game of Thrones out of the way that way. Uh, But it was nice. It's been nice to to have the book club, too, because it forces me to read things, you know, whereas they sit on my bookshelf and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll read a chapter here and then pick it up again six months later and have no idea where I am. So this forces me to actually get through a book quickly. And sometimes it makes you read a book that you might normally have picked up otherwise, Mm -hmm. which is good. It kind of expands your horizon. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I've always been a big reader too and like a variety of kinds of books. And I'm also in another book club, which is quite different from this. We started out reading mother-daughter relationship books and we all got so depressed we had to switch and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> biographies and some other things but yeah I, I really enjoy the book club and being in book clubs and reading period <laughs> I like being in a book club like Devin said it puts me on a schedule to read a book because I love to read but then uh, you come home from work sometimes you're like okay I've been staring at the computer all day like can't read um or I've also been known to start a lot of books so I have a lot of like half-read books in my bookshelf <laughs> and it's also great to be able to discuss the books and like you get seeing different points of view from like this is what this part this is what I got out of this section but then find out like somebody else got something else out and it's another point of view and you get a lot of like aha moments mm-hmm. like, by having the discussion. I love the idea of being in a book club but I just I don't know how you all find the time to read. <laughs> I, I commute like 40 minutes each way to work so I do a lot of audible and because I'm from New Jersey, it probably stops the uh, New Jersey road rage. From oh, sure. <laughs> I commute an hour and 15 minutes to work. Yeah, so for you. I should oh. maybe I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car. So maybe every <laughs> once in a while I need to switch it up to an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are, are narrated by some really fun people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Make your <laughs> oh, it absolutely does. Or help you find the tone of the book that maybe... I notice that a lot. Sometimes when I'm reading a book, I'm like, this is strange. And I don't really understand the point. And then if I switch to audio, the, like the voice artist, like really um, makes that tone, like come up, like they set the tone really. So you're like, oh, this is what the author is trying to do. So I like that a lot. Can you talk a little bit about the books that you've read so far and which were your favorites? 
We can all say our favorite one. Yeah, like Devin mentioned, we obviously like we are reading a theme of, you know, uh, the Commonwealth, whether it's the author or, you know, a specific location. And so we've read um, The Henna Artist. We just read The Secret River, which is Australia. Um, I think we did a few that were in England. So we did like The Gown, um, which is about the the Queen's wedding dress, um, the people that made her wedding dress. I think, reader. yeah, The Uncommon Reader. That was, but I think my favorite was um, The Prime of Miss Jean Brody which was uh, about a girls boarding school in Scotland. And that is a book that I think was probably the least popular in this group. <laughs> but I loved it. Um, it's a book that I never would have read if I wasn't reading it for this group. And I just felt like it was, um, to me, I felt like it was just like a, a modern classic. Um, and I really enjoyed that experience reading that book. Um, so I, I have been hit or miss with, with reading and that's, I'm, I have, there've been months where, uh, when the book doesn't strike me as something that I'm particularly interested in, I'm like, I won't read it this month. Um, and I've also selfishly, uh, offered up at least two of the books. So there were ones that I obviously already knew and read, but I actually, of the ones that I've read recently, I really enjoyed the henna artist. Um, I always like India and the imagery of, of India, the food, the culture, everything. Uh, so that was a fun, fun one too, for me. I think my favorite was um, The Uncommon Reader because it's it's a teeny, teeny little book, but it's a story about how, it's a fictitious story about how the queen, um, there, there's a little mobile library that comes to the palace and the queen ends up going out and, and getting involved in reading because she never has time to read any personal reading. And so this young man who works there at the bookmobile starts recommending books to her and she is so entranced and involved in reading that, you know, her family thinks that she's she's eschewing her royal duties and they're getting rather annoyed and they try to get rid of him. But I just think it would be so cute if that was true, you know, that there really was a little mobile book library that came there and that she got involved in reading because of this young man who has started recommending. These. So my favorite, hands down, and I might have um, pushed slightly for us to read this book but Anna Green Gables is my favorite book um, of all time and I was I was like we're going to read it during the book club so I was able to get that one in my absolute my absolute favorite this goes back to her childhood yes it always goes back to my childhood when I actually named my um teddy bear Gilbert and we had a wedding. we had a wedding ceremony cute <laughs> I can't think of one that stands. All I know is the one I didn't like. Which is that? <laughs> Christie. That was yeah. that's one. I did not like that book at all. So that's the one that stuck stuck in my mind. But I like all the books for the different reasons. But that one is the one I I, I didn't like, and I don't want to read any more of her books. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what my favorite one was. I think I've liked them all pretty much. I didn't like one, The Whispering House where this girl is involved in this terrible relationship and she can't seem to break out of this house, but she never gets fed. So I know it would never happen to me. I'd be out, <laughs> like, I'd be out by the next meal time. <laughs> but again, I like reading them because I feel like sometimes they're just choices that I wouldn't have picked on my own. And right. it just makes me listen to more than my uh, standard fare. Going back to Agatha Christie briefly, it was Murder at the Vicarage that you just read, right? With Miss Marple. So I haven't, I haven't read that story, but it always makes me think of that episode of Doctor Who. Have any of you watched Doctor Who? 
at Doctor Who fans, Devin, I feel yeah, like that would be you. Me. No, not at no. There's an episode that's based on that story, I believe. So oh, that's okay. always what I think of. There's a giant wasp alien thing. It's great. The first full week in October, I mentioned this briefly in my email, is Mystery Series Week. Just because this comes out at the end of that week, I thought I would ask if you have a favorite mystery author. The only mystery we really did was Agatha Christie, isn't it? The guest list was kind of a mystery. Oh, that's right. Actually, I loved that guest list one. It was one where a whole wedding party shows up at some sort of remote Irish island. And I liked it because the first two characters they talk about are Angus and Duncan, who are not main characters at all. They're groomsmen in this wedding party, but the same name as my children. So I was oh, into it. Right. And I really liked the book and I liked it so much that I picked up her next book, which was a group of people are now at a ski chalet. And it is the exact same story, just in a different <laughs> setting. She Sounds- has been, and I can't remember who the author is, Lucy Foley. Anyhow, so yeah, I did like the wedding party. That was really good. Um, I forgot about that one. Yes. Because it did take twist. The guest list. Yeah, it took twist. It did. It did. Mystery Series Week was established by a small independent book publishing company, Purple Moon Press, to celebrate some of our favorite literary detectives. Whether you're into the classics like Sherlock Holmes or Ms. Marple, paranormal detectives like Harry Dresden or Thomas Carnacki, or modern sleuths like Jack Reacher or Kay Scarpetta, there's something for everyone. Mystery Week series is observed by libraries across the country, and you can get involved in other ways too, like introducing a young reader to Nancy Drew, signing up for a Goodreads account and getting book recommendations, or watching a show based upon a literary detective, Sherlock, or even Midsummer Murders is based on a book series. I think Enid Blyton gets overlooked a lot in this category, but I know that the Famous Five book series was one of my absolute favorites when I was young. Do any of you listeners have a favorite mystery author? Again, we'd love to hear. One thing I've noticed in a lot of the books we read, I'm not always a huge fan of the main characters. We've, we've read a lot. We read a lot of um, flawed characters. They or yeah. a lot, I have a lot of baggage. Um, just popped into my head when we read. Was it Normal People? The Sally Rooney one. Oh, I forgot about that one too. The Irish one, and I, and it became. It was actually like a Hulu series that they made that book into. We've got a lot of. Um, characters with baggage and problems and I'm some of it is things that have happened to it other a lot of stuff is stuff they brought in themselves if they were all fabulous it would probably be boring well they have not all been flawed is more interesting they definitely been flawed (laughs) (laughs) has the book club had any impact on your chapter inspiring future events maybe or tea themes or activities uh so again the henna artist took place in india um, and we were just talking about af- afterwards, kind of the, the devolution of the, the 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 book. Afterwards, we're talking just in general, and we're trying to think of events and things. And I don't know why it stuck with me, but I remember that a local tea room down in Fredericksburg, um, they they host teas and work with a lot of community groups to promote anti-human trafficking. And just managed to Google books about it, found out that there was a book written by a local lawyer turned activist uh, about India. And so I was like, oh, well, that's a Commonwealth nation. We just did that. And there's this tea room. And so next year, we're going to host an anti-human trafficking tea and book discussion, hopefully with the author at this uh, Freedom Society tea room 
in Fredericksburg and we will open it to all chapters um, as well as the communities in and around DC, Maryland and Virginia. So hoping to get a, a really nice turnout for that. And turns out too that Very the cool. woman who founded the Tea Room is British. She's from, I'm gonna get this wrong. I think she's from Barnstable. Um, so she moved over here uh, a few years ago and uh, she'd gotten involved with anti-human trafficking while living in the UK and was like, we need to spread the message and, and find ways to help help those who are getting out of that. And I was like, that's awesome. So we might have not only a new member, but a new connection. So. Awesome. Very cool. So it seems most of the books you've read so far, most of them have been by female authors. Was this on purpose or do you just kind of go by the Commonwealth theme more than the author? Is that true? Have they mostly been by women authors? Well, Drew Martin's the only one I can think of. And The Uncommon was. Reader was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't even paid attention. Well, it really wasn't by design. <laughs> no, but that's interesting. But obviously, we didn't even really recognize that. So I think it maybe shows you the strength of um, <laughs> strength of those authors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, they're 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 Commonwealth. Like it's all we've done Ireland. That was um, really the only criteria we put on our choices that we tried to stay in since it was a DVD right. book club. Sure. We have noticed that some of the books that we've read recently have become. Um, are trilogies and we've read the first one so the henna artist is a trilogy um the secret river which was our newest one which we just finished discussing is a trilogy actually so, the the gown was an answer on jeopardy too yes the gown was an answer on jeopardy i would not have known the answer on jeopardy without him just finishing reading the gown it was about the designer yeah hartnell that's it the Queen's Dresser, which we also wrote a book on, is going to be in the new uh, Diana Spencer movie as a main or a featured character. So, oh. do you have any advice for anyone who might be interested in starting their own book club? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it it just sort of like okay, we're, we're gonna pick something small and well known. Yeah, that's Easy. really good advice actually. To because yeah. because uh, our first like. When we, the Uncommon Reader was our first one, and that was a novella. Um, and I think it was actually Devin who recommended that one. Um, and there, yeah, there was one book we read that was rather heavy. Was it The White? It was The Woman in White. White. The Woman in White. That was probably not a. That white too. Huh? Yeah. I forgot about that one too. That was kind of heavy and de very quite detailed. So that wouldn't probably not be a good first choice to start with you tons of people off on that the one pandemic helped too yes. a lot of us were locked in so it's true it turned to a book and i would make it balance it out like if you do something heavy and deep um mix it up for mm -hmm. i wouldn't do like the woman in white and agatha christie back to back sure yeah. well, like alternating mm -hmm. themes and mm -hmm. we picked anna green gables because we like where it's the summertime let's do but I would definitely say like to mix it up, but we started with a novella, which got people like interested and didn't make it, make it, a, and it wasn't a huge time commitment. And then as we've kind of gelled and become cohesive, then we can start like bouncing things off each other. And we're like, oh, like, and it's led into discussions about like, oh, we want to learn more about this or something like that. And I think I've, I've found that it, it makes me recommend a lot of these books to other people. I've loaned out all of these books to other people. This is a really good one to read, so we're passing them on to people. So we're encouraging other people to read too. And I would also suggest having um, a really good moderator uh, like Cynthia, who can, um, Cynthia will, um, before we start a book club session, she will have done some research mm -hmm. and she will have 
questions ready. So like we can have a really in-depth conversation. Now, sometimes all those questions don't get used because she's prompted us enough that we can then have like a stream of consciousness discussion, but she's always ready with something if the conversation lacked, which isn't always all that much for this group, but like... To all of you listening, I hope you might feel inspired to start your own book club, DBE-related or otherwise, and I hope you'll feel inclined to send us a message telling us your favorite books. As always, you can email us at podcast at dbenational.org. You can follow us on Facebook at Daughters of the British Empire in the USA. You can follow us on Instagram at dbenational1909. Or you can find us on Pinterest to see British recipes, Commonwealth recipes, and more. So until next time... Not ourselves, but the cause!